Betty. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. If Betty only knew how much of a legend she was here. I know. That's what I'm saying. So did you... Are you snacking? Well, I have chocolate. <laughs> oh, chocolate. You listen to MBV, My Bloody Valentine. Oh, yeah. I'm caught up. Um, you know that we need to give our next two picks, right? Yes. Yeah, that's really important. So you'll have Tips. to kind of be thinking about that. Yeah. I already know what it is. Do you already is. know? Oh! Uh, yeah, I already know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. I'm not going to tell you mine either. Okay. I wait. It's going to be really fun. But it's hard because some of these are are timely. You know what I mean? Like some of them have to be done on certain days and stuff. Welcome to Slashers and Suits. <laughs> Welcome to Slashers and Suits. It's so exciting. Uh, we had a, our initial mesmerized viewing, which is what we call it, of The Prowler. Which yes. the, teaser, oh. <laughs> the teaser is on online. We posted it. And we, I think if we hadn't said that we only get one rating for number 10, or, you know, to rate something as a 10 out of 10, that mm -hmm. we both would rate this a 10, I think. Oh, yeah. And mesmerized we were, okay? As mesmerized as we've ever been. Yeah. And <laughs> if... If I were allowed to give a second 10, mm -hmm. then it would be this movie. So that's that's the disclaimer here. We mm -hmm. love this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the ratings are going to be super high. Like just yes. telling you now that the only reason we're not doing that is because we already said that we each only get one. That's a 10 out of 10. And we already have them. So <laughs> yeah, but gosh were we mesmerized uh if only you people could see we were glued to our seats here <laughs> just sort of breaking down everything and i think that the conclusion that we both drew oh, is that this is one of those special slasher movies that is not just a slasher this is a film oh it's cinema <laughs> yes they did everything right and you know what? It actually has good acting, and that's not exactly why we come to the slasher. That's not the main thing we're looking for. No. And Lord knows it's not the main thing we find. But no. in the Prowler, you've you've got that too. I mean, what haven't you got? It's a, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like the early the early slashers, there's just something about the actors that they're taking their roles seriously, and it makes for just a good movie it's fun to watch uh, you get invested in the characters you know usually like the final character at least and uh yeah. get to this later get to it later but i'm calling it now precursor to ftt2 oh ho, ho. yes that was one of the most exciting moments that we've ever had here in the behind okay. the scenes of Slashers and Suits. Okay, Jesus, look what I got to celebrate Precursor for FTT2. Wow! Hey, it's a blue sweater. <laughs> hey, you have the Pamela Voorhees sweater. I got it. So I'll And you're wearing it. it. I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it for tonight, for the Prowler, for the conclusion that, you know, kind of made that we'll get to later. So definitely post it. And you know what? 
That's how dedicated I am to slashes and suits because it is five billion degrees in here and I'm wearing my Pamela sweater. Now that is true dedication. If you guys could see what I see right now. Okay, old Ange is over here rocking the Pamela Voorhees sweater. <laughs> a Pamela Voorhees, of course, the iconic killer from Friday the 13th. You know, she started it all. She yeah. started it all. We love, we love Pamela Voorhees around here. Oh, we love her. We love it. So <laughs> you you get you certainly get a 10 for your dedication to the cause. Yay! And uh, make sure you have something cold to drink. I do I have and Lime White Claw today. I was gonna ask what flavor it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't no. help it. So, let me let me ask you this: lime or lemon? You know what? That's a toss-up. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you just you need lime in your life. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but I would honestly I say I think lemon is my favorite overall. It's just. It's so smooth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, all right. Lime, lemon, watermelon, right? Watermelon, mm -hmm, for sure. Um, have you had grapefruit? I do like the grapefruit. Yeah. Like um, that's probably your thing. Yeah, that's my favorite of those for sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's for nice, sure. smooth, like an aged whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Well, alright, so... You... <laughs> You've got the Pamela sweater. Do you know what I've got? What do you have? Uh-oh. I am wearing some fatigues. Oh! I'm wearing some camouflage gear That's right great. now. great. Awesome. Both, both my pants and my sweatshirt. And the reason is because <laughs> the Prowler draws heavily on the World War II historical thing. Yes. Okay. So we're going to get a heavy dose of it in the prologue. And in fact, the entire film will sort of harken back to it and be centered around these World War II veterans and their kids. It's a really, 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 really good movie. I'm ready. I'm at two seconds. You're at two seconds? Yeah. We got to start pretty early on this one because it yeah. just comes right in. Oh, yeah. It hits you. Okay. So I'm gonna count down, we're gonna press play when I say play. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Alright, alright. Wow. They're immediately Coming in hot here. <laughs> Look at all this. Wow. People. Almost fifteen thousand troops on a huge boat returning from Europe to Manhattan. So it's it's an old uh, black and white, uh, what is that called? Like a, not a radio voice, but... It's a newsreel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a newsreel, and this is actual footage of, uh, soldiers returning from World War II on the Queen Mary. Ooh. And, uh, this is, this is incredible because this is actually the first instance that we've mixed in actual news footage to a slasher. And it's pretty ominous already because even though everyone's smiling you know all the the girls and from the 40s are are so happy to have their their guys back from war it also says ooh they're going some are going to be uh victims of psychological trauma and others 
are going to be victims of Dear John, that is. Buy your war bond today is how it ends. Whoa. And now we cut to a Dear John letter. Oh, 1944. Uh-oh. And a woman, it, sh it shows a cool, we're still in black and white, a letter and it's a woman's voice saying, you know, I hope you understand, but it's been a long time and I have to move on and who knows what'll happen. So a little, you know, this is, is probably the past event, right? Yes, this is absolutely the ubiquitous past event here. We don't know who's receiving this letter, but we know that it's from someone named Rosemary. Very so that's cool. all we found out. Oh, She's look at that. Dear John <gasps> that was so cool. Okay, at the very end, it fades from black and white into color. So on the end of the Y of Rosemary, she drew a little rose, and then it the rose comes into red, and then it's in color. That was excellent. Now fade out and fade back in to the military school. This is the night of the graduation day dance. We've got some excellent mid-1940s vehicles here, top of the line, cold American steel. <laughs> really pretty. I mean, I just love classic cars. I think they're beautiful. And I'm still sort of reeling from uh, from the actual footage we just saw. I thought that was oh, a very nice touch. Mm -hmm. You know, this movie is very historically relevant. I, I think it deserves very high praise in fact i think they ought to show this in history class i think so too actually you know all, all of that <laughs> genuine genuine queen mary footage i mean does the smithsonian know about this i don't know if they do but we should tell them i think this movie <laughs> should be preserved for cultural significance i love there okay so there's a couple that we see emerging out of a car and then they're talking about Oh, look who's Cadillac. And the guy gets all jealous. Well, it's just a big old boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is too cute. We come into the dance, the dance hall um, for graduation, and it's just perfect 40s, big band, dancing, yes. all of the old clothing, bright colors. It's so cute. Okay, we're in 1945. Everyone is is uh, acting it out extremely well, and I we've got a very uh, hammy guy presenting the the music here. But I love bands. I love slasher bands. Yes, they're so much fun. It's like, ugh, the songs usually sometimes they're you know real, but they're usually not real bands. And this one's just a swinging big band, and it. Okay, um... <laughs> I didn't... <laughs> okay. I did not hear that last time. <laughs> the drummer wouldn't be let in the house by his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If he brought that little brown jug. So that's a song, right? Little Brown Jug is a classic, classic jaunty American tune that just, uh, it's one of those situations where when you hear it, you automatically smile. You know, it's about, uh, whiskey. You know? <laughs> and of course it's the drummer. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> you know those drums. You gotta watch them. True. Oh, but the the banter, like, there's a um, we're with a new couple right now, uh, dressed up, and the the boyfriend, you know, is telling the other guys, "Hey, keep your mitts off her." <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. lots of excellent. Uh, 1940s uh gee this is swell dialogue mm -hmm. okay what is is this the cadillac that they were talking about in the beginning oh uh, no. yes it's the convertible okay i mean it's gorgeous but the guy driving it is just bragging about his dad's money so that's gross yeah this guy's a fool but this car i know is incredible <laughs> i want to take this car to the dance exactly it's a big old boat. <laughs> the, the white wall tire, it, it has the spare tires on the side. <gasps> oh the my god. Ooh, with the red and black. And the there's a face on it. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got its uh, beautiful, beautiful grill. Yeah. And this dude has a flask, right? Classic 40s. Uh, he's got a white sport coat. Oh black God. bow tie, black trousers. You want a slug? <laughs> it really they reminds got some me. Spike punch. Oh yes, spike punch. Um, but it reminds me of the scene in Back to the Future with the dance and then the flask. Oh totally. And keep your mitts off her, pal. Yeah, so they're officially parking together. Oh my goodness. That's, That's a so huge funny. step. Oh, and then we have um, geese, <laughs> right? Did we decide if they were geese or swans? Well, the jury's still out. That's uh, true. They're either geese or swans. And I think that that sort of triggered a discussion on what exactly the difference is between the two. Oh, my goodness. So now the couple, they got out of the car. They walked over a really pretty bridge over a little creek. And now they're in this really pretty Vivo. Oh, oh, boots on the ground. My favorite right? thing. Doesn't My favorite it thing. Always start that way. Yep, boots on the ground. And they're, but they look like specific boots because the pants are like green, um, like soldier pants. Yes. So, Whoa. all we saw were some combat boots, and now somebody has. Uh, Cut the power off. The lights go out. In the gazebo. Something's definitely going to happen. We see a pitchfork. And then the guy, of course, <laughs> is just like, Hey, don't be scared. Sit back down. Yeah. Okay. This, their little exchange is hilarious. <laughs> He's being kind of skeezy, but... It's a really pretty gazebo, and you hear the frogs, and oh my god, the music's kind of a romantic ramping up. Setting. Yeah, but the music, the violent. <laughs> I know it, it's starting to sound like something's gonna happen. Okay. Oh, and something does. Yep. Oh, oh no! Oh, the crunch! The crunch! Oh no! Okay, Dang. and with the boot on the, what is it? The impaling instrument? 
Yes, the pitchfork. Yes, the pitchfork. So the pitchfork is used. Oh my god. And then whoever the killer is puts a rose in the hand of the girl. Fade to black with red titles, The Prowler. What do you know? The classic title card. We've got the plain black background, the red lettering, and now we cut to the future. Of course, it is now 1980, and uh, our prologue is officially done. It's very much worth noting on that last kill scene that that was done by none other than Tom Savini. Yay! Tom Savini, our, our hero when it comes to horror makeup art. Oh, it's so realistic. It's un... It's unreal, but it's, it's guy, so real it's that it's unreal. <laughs> he is so good. Tom Savini, of course, from Friday the 13th. Uh, the man is incredible. He, he made a career off of these movies. Just and really interesting. Kind of what we call the Savini difference. You can tell. Oh, yeah. You know, you can tell. A lot of these movies have these really corny kill scenes that are obviously completely fake but Tom Savini manages to make it look real so much so that it becomes high art I think so it's really well done oh okay and then here we go so in 1980 now they're they're prepping for another graduation dance but wouldn't you know there hasn't been a dance since 1945 Hey. And there's a man named Major Chatham. Major Chatham is the what is he? He's some really like rich, powerful guy in the town or something, but he had the ability to shut down the dance in 1945. Yes. Okay. So now we're in the sheriff's office with one of the girls who has that nice, poofy, braided, final girl hair. Right, Hisu? Yeah, she's got the final girl hair to the max right here. Uh, <laughs> not only does she have a poofy French braid, but she's got the bangs, too. Oh, it's, it's the bangs. Okay. And they've so got volume. Yeah, the, yes, volume. Uh, they're, they're sort of fluffy. The... <laughs> the I, <laughs> The idea here is that she's being presented as wholesome. Yes. Um, she's got kind of a kind of a, a classy dress going mm -hmm. on. We, we've got a lot of visual cues here that uh, that this particular character stands out in, in some way and and perhaps has um, self-respect and, and values. And I think there's something going on with her and the deputy because in the sheriff's office when they're talking about hey should we put this dance on or not because it's been so many years she and the deputy is he the deputy Not yes sure. he is yeah, yeah. yeah so the sheriff's kind of skeptical but the deputy likes she like or he likes our girl oh whose name is pam pamela by the way Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right. Nice, nice little reference there. Amazing, and I am immediately put off by the deputy. I, like, to me, I would guess 
that he is up to something shady. His face is really scary. What do you call him, Hazu? Oh, um... The, um the, uh, oh, gosh! <laughs> I, I, the, um... Some, some sort of, uh... The oh, two-bit Ted Danson? Yes, yes. The two-bit Ted Danson. Yes. <laughs> so it's exactly it that. The two-bit Ted Danson, but he just looks creepy. Okay. He's a two-bit Ted Danson. <laughs> Interaction. That's what he is. So what's happening? The sheriff is leaving? So the sheriff is going on a fishing trip. This is kind of a small town. It's uh, clearly a a small military town. It's probably on the eastern seaboard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although this gentleman right here clearly moved up from uh, Louisiana. Yes. And uh, he's, he's going to be another prominent character here. This man runs the general store. <laughs> and we've we've got our classic uh there there's a classic duality at play here we've got two generations mm -hmm. going on we've got several people from either generation we've essentially got our middle-aged people in 1980 here they are the world war ii generation and we've got their kids mm -hmm. who are college aged and we've got lots of both so, so we've got our main community, which is uh, which is essentially the college kids mm -hmm. who who this film will revolve around, and then we've got our sub community, their parents who who actually have uh, have quite prominent roles here. Oh my goodness! And that you're a sucker for that. I I like it so much. To me, it establishes some sort of rich sense of of community and and i think when you do that you can really drive in that lore i do too like, like the lore of the town it's so fun when the elders all know about the crazy thing going mm -hmm. on i agree and not only do the elders all know that there's something crazy they all have a past with that thing oh i know i love it we're gonna see some great examples of this in the future um, we, especially if we cover Nightmare on Elm Street, it's going to explode. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> we love Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, you know what I like about the accents, though? Like, when nobody has an accent, but then they go to something that's supposed to be small town, like the little general store, and then all of it's like, well... <laughs> How you doing, Sheriff? And what's going on? And what do you need? And what do you do? <laughs> yes. So only a couple people in town have an accent. Yeah. And they they represent like the small town businesses. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay, so everybody... Oh, okay. So everybody's getting ready for the dance. We're in the dorms with our poofy hair girl Pamela <laughs> our our wholesome girl and then her friends poofy hair Pam yes poofy hair Pam and then her two friends in the dorm are getting ready for the dance okay wait a second what the heck S someone stabbed somebody what is that right she just said I'm a, I'm scared somebody stabbed some somebody at 
like a different school. Ooh. So we've got ominous things happening. Perhaps a little bit of foreshadowing. The girls are getting ready for the evening. Okay. We're sort of being introduced to our group of friends here. We've got several different uh, social archetypes. Yeah. A full suite, if you will. Yes, a full suite. We've got the crazy girl who's going to flash the neighbor across the street. And she screams at him in the window. <laughs> but he he's right there across the street in his window in a wheelchair. And that's Major Chatham. The, the that's guy, Major Chatham. Yeah, the guy, the old guy who for years and years has made having a graduation dance like illegal for the town or something. Right. Okay, what just happened? And that's also, that's kind of what I mean here. This is such a military town that uh, Major Chatham is essentially the most powerful dude. Oh yeah. And he has shut down this dance for a long time because of, of what we saw in the prologue, because we saw a double murder in, in the dance, in the yeah, prologue. Man. That was many years ago. And uh, it looks like the dance is going to happen anyway tonight. Um, yeah, but there are these really, really creepy flashes to the killer, and he's suiting up. So this was one thing that I really respected this movie for, the attention to detail here. So... All of a sudden, we have someone who is obviously the killer, right? Sort of going through his his dressing sequence. He's lacing up his combat boots. Mm, that's He's what it is. sheathing his dirk. He is uh, locking and loading. He's equipping his uh, various uh, survival items. He's got body armor on, a bulletproof vest, canteen. Uh, several two-way radio devices. Okay. <laughs> this guy, this guy is on some paramilitary stuff. And his mask? Like, it's the creepiest mask I've ever seen. It, it really is. What is it even? It's, it's like a green COVID mask, but it's, it covers his eyes, but there's a hole in it? <laughs> Is that right? I, yes, I believe that's what they're called, actually, on Amazon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? It, it's Which is so funny since we just covered My Bloody Valentine. Here we have another breathing apparatus. Oh. We've got yet another breathing apparatus, and... Uh, uh, essentially, that was something that troops would wear during, uh, you know, sandstorm type of weather conditions. Oh, I thought it was just a random hole in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's creepy. It's a really, really effective mask. It's so, it, I would it, say top 10. Wouldn't you say that it's better than it should be for some reason? Like, it's so simple. It's just so simple, but it yeah. works so well. First of all, you, you, you wouldn't terrifying. think that it works this well. It's, it, ha it's, it has the, the kind of fear already because of the authority, you know, the, that army, right. like, 
uh, baggage, <laughs> you know, everything that, that, that comes with it. But then just the way that he's moving and obviously stalking and the way that the mask is arranged, it, he looks insane and it's so scary. Well, also you can tell by his movements when he's preparing to go out that he's either yes. a current or former soldier. Oh, absolutely. You can tell this isn't someone just just cosplaying here. No. This is a soldier who is the killer and that in and of itself is extremely terrifying. Uh, and then we had a few really cool jump scares in the meantime. So we, we know that the killer is kind of making his way up into the dorm where the girls are, but uh, I don't know. A few of the girls have left already to the dance. And we've got yes. one of the friends and her boyfriend in the showers. And, and the girl was in um, one of Poofy Hair Pam's friends was yep. in the shower do, with the short blonde hair just like in Psycho. <gasps> hey, look at this. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh my god. Okay, kill number three. Oh, oh. Um, oh, it's... Oh. It is. It's still, um, it's still happening. It's, it's still happening. I think wow. it's one of the worst I've ever seen. Look at this. We're 20, 23 seconds in. It's still happening. And it's still happening. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, explain we'll that, please. Side. Okay, so <laughs> it, it is finally done. Uh, that was a 27 second long kill scene. Something that would generally be not allowed by the Motion Picture Association of America. However, as we mentioned, Tom Savini is the head makeup artist here, and he gets a pass. Uh, even even the Catholic League of Decency liked Tom Savini's work because he's that good. Uh, what we just saw was the killer put a knife through the back of the neck and out through the front of the neck of, of this guy here. And, and here's kill number four. Oh my god, kill number happening. four, the girl in the shower. Girl in the shower. It's it's the um, pitchfork. The pitchfork, again. Oh, into her stomach and he's raising her up onto the bath wall god it looks so real it looks so real this this movie is very different from any movie that we've seen here on the show so far in oh, its yeah. room the, there we've never seen anything like this tom savini has clearly upped his game he okay. is not playing around these kills are extremely realistic and they're very fascinating for that reason they really uh, it are it just shows you how talented a makeup artist can actually be now, yeah. that kill sequence did not last as long as the one that preceded it. No. Well, because there was nudity, probably. Yes, exactly. They had to cut away. Yeah. They had to cut away. But the, the kill right before that, mm -hmm. again, the knife went through the back of the guy's neck and out through his atom vessel. Oh. Okay. But they dwelled on it. And they then dwelled he... on the knife in him for about 20 seconds straight. But his eyes turned white. His eyes ended up rolling into the back of his head, and then they cut away from the scene right as his eyeballs were about to pop out. So it was edited, but not as much as every other slasher movie. And now we're at a dance. And look, everyone in the room is dancing to this band. <laughs> I love how now you... we're... 
<laughs> you cut we're away. You're so like, much fun. you're like, oh, his eyes pop out, and then we're at a dance. <laughs> yeah. It's you know? like that's how you know you're in a slasher with Savini. You go from eyes popping to some nice uh, disco music. <laughs> This is exactly how you know you are in a slasher. Look at this. I mean, oh, we got what people are they doing? getting killed. We got people having fun and everything in between. We are we are in a full-blown party now. People are spiking the punch. We're at the graduation day dance. They had it anyway, in spite mm -hmm. of Major Chatham's concern. Okay. You know what I want to say, though? They're, everybody dancing looks hilarious. Um... <laughs> But they're in time with the music, which is fun. But <laughs> yes. again, another dance band. The the slasher okay. band, it's really good too. Like I would say this is one this is of the, the cooler bands. I they're more rockin' than they are disco. Like they're all, they're leaning towards eighty instead of seventy nine. They truly are. I would get their album. Look at that guitarist, he's cool. I like this a lot. He looks I like, like Keith Richards. Yeah. And I actually, I, I like the environment on display here. This is like a total fun time. You know, these movies, as as we, as we certainly know very well, they take time to establish themselves as an all-out party. You know, so we're Ooh. in the party. Now. Okay. Excuse me. And we've got a love triangle happening now too. So this is what happens, and this is where I start to. <laughs> it's hard to get a little like against this girl because she bumped against the deputy that poofy hair Pam like our girl obviously likes they have a little thing going and this other chick bumps into him and makes him spill all of his hunch all over her dress and so now I'm saying she's got to go right um Right? Absolutely. I will I will not disagree with you there. And <laughs> I love your spirited analysis. I love it. <laughs> she clearly um, meant to. Her eyes Yes. She she did that on purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously so, <laughs> so she ran off with uh with what with Deputy Doodoo and Hoofier <laughs> Pam Hoofier yeah. Pam is walking home now. She's upset. She's got uh, fruit punch all over her dress. But, and now we, we sort of have moved away from the dance back into the dormitory. Okay, her, her room where her friend was taking a shower and the guy is killed. And there's actually blood on the bed, but she's so focused on, on changing for the dance, like get, just really getting back there quickly, that she doesn't notice any of this. So she closes she the notice. bathroom door, thinking her friend yeah. is just still in the shower. <gasps> Look at it open. Look at it open back up. <gasps> oh. What? Is he there? Look at that. So the killer is actually in the bathroom. He's about uh, eight feet away from her now. Oh my god. So he's... Oh, and it cuts to the, to the shower... <gasps> okay. Hey, look at that. Look at that. Another rose. He put a rose on the body. So we have a very serious motif here happening. There is some significance of the rose, and I'm willing to bet that has something to do 
with the Dear John letter that was signed by someone named Rosemary. Uh, yeah, with the little drawing of a rose at the end of her name. You know, it's it's very interesting. So her name was Rosemary. Mm-hmm. And we imagine that the recipient of that letter wanted to marry Rose. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but look what's crazy here. So, so Pam is just changing, and the killer is not only putting a rose on this girl in the shower that he just pitchforked, but she ha- she's missing everything. She's missing every clue because she's just so focused. I, I gotta say, this is almost too much movie for me. It is so incredibly good. Everyone so far ha- has overperformed in their role. <gasps> and we're still essentially at the beginning. It's so good. Oh, and what color did she change into? Blue for Pamela is what I think. Hey, I see what you did there. I really do think so. I like it. So I like it. Here's the oh hey uh, hey look at this look at this first this is the first glimpse we've had of the killer straight on oh my god and she notices and he's on the stairs and so she's like running really really fast and he's just doing the slow walk you know the slow walk slasher thing you know you know what this music reminds me of too it's very reminiscent of uh, Manfredini's Friday the Thirteenth chase scenes yeah oh it's a Don't super you think so? yeah. So, so we've got one of those we've got one of those classic uh, mid midway through the movie uh, midway if you will not unlike the Battle of Midway oh, and no. uh, here we have a chase scene going on this this often happens there's a prolonged chase scene think back to prom night when they're running through the locker rooms yeah you know this is, we're not in the sequence now we're not even close. Because no, uh, we're, 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 what, 25 minutes or so in. But we've got a very serious chase scene here. And, he's and it just... involves poofy hair Pam, yes. right? So poofy hair Pam running and all of a sudden the exit is lost. Like, that's the funny thing. You're thinking, okay, why didn't she just go out the way she came in? Nobody knows. All of a sudden it's, you know, five miles long. There's doors everywhere. None of them open. So... Yeah. She, like, blasts outside right before the killer could get to her. And here's what's nuts. Okay. Okay. This has to mean something, but I haven't figured it out yet. She's running. She makes it outside. And a hand with a black glove grabs her. And it's Major Chatham. It's Major Chatham. And he uh, has lost the ability to speak, by the way. So. Yeah. This really complicates his his character in this film, and he becomes somewhat of an enigma. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's grabbing her hand, and he seems to be trying to communicate that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what could that mean? What is he trying to tell her? What is he trying to tell us? Well, and by the way, he made it. He must have seen something because we know that he watches that room, and and he made it all the way downstairs to outside in his wheelchair and and how about this the killer is on the premises and yet major chatham who is in a wheelchair and defenseless is still alive aha so why why didn't he get killed 
Interesting. Now we've got uh, Deputy Doo-Doo here investigating. <laughs> so but he's about 10 feet from the killer right now. Is something going to happen? Boots on the ground. And so Pam runs into the deputy's car because, of course, he showed up right in time to, like, help her. And right. it was a good jump scare, though, because she turns around and we think it might be the killer, but it's the deputy. Um, you know, the killer did not kill the deputy. <laughs> and he did not kill the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? But so she's in the car trying to like lock herself in and be safe. And what's happening? I love the violins. That's what, okay. Underrated, by the way. Uh, music and slashers. The score. The score is is one of those things that really provides the icing on the cake. And I, I think that when you're dealing with uh, like a like a bunch of nine point fives and and nine point seven films, yeah, that score is going to be the difference. Oh, I think so. That's that's going to sort of tip the scale. Uh, we're we're hot on the heels of movies like Prom Night, for Christ's sake, that that have music that you never forget your whole life, you know. So, oh my goodness! Now, My Bloody Valentine was not very music heavy. No, but it really it didn't need to be, you know. Well, but it you know it could strum a good banjo. Oh, it could strum a good banjo. <laughs> You know what? It, they only did what was necessary. W would you would you say that they they did the bare necessities? Oh no! <laughs> Amazing. And here we are. Uh, oh, okay. So that was a uh, trope just now, by the way, too. So she's waiting in the car, right? And he's going to go investigate now. We typically understand that someone who goes to investigate a noise will not come back. Uh, especially if they say that they'll be right back or yeah. back in a few minutes, etc. So we'll see what happens here. Um, the doors are, are, are all locked. How does... Oh, right. Because she went back and locked it, even though it was unlocked before. Yes. Oh, no. I, so... I do see what you mean about this guy, too. Um, right? He's a creeper. He's definitely uh, uh, a very, very interesting character to be playing this role. I, I think so, too. So they, they essentially what is happening here is they chose a guy who would fit perfectly in the role of the killer. Oh, absolutely. To To play sort of a hero character. And so... It provides a, a very fascinating juxtaposition and and a, a dichotomy in mm -hmm. in in his identity. So on one hand, we're essentially expecting him to to be the killer. Yeah. But on the other hand, he's clearly not. So. Yeah, because they've been in the same space at the same time, and but his his face. If anyone has seen the movie Ghost. The bad guy who, like, sets up all the stuff against Patrick Swayze, that's what he looks like here. He just looks evil. 
Yeah, he's he's got a look that is made to play villains. Absolutely. So, For sure. But it's funny because he has the Ted Danson hair. Oh, so he's got yeah. It's just, it's very off-putting, honestly. <laughs> we, that, so that's why we call him the 2-Bit Ted Danson. Or, or 2-Bit Ted, for sure. 2-Bit Ted. Ted. The corkscrew. <laughs> hey. Now, there is a throwback. There is a throwback. Go and listen to the uh, Slashers and Suits episode 0, Friday the 13th, part 4. One of my favorite lines. Mm. Okay. So now they're... They went to Major Chatham's house uh, across the, the way, uh, like across the dirt road, but there was someone moving in the window. Okay. Yes. Oh, so creepy in here. It's this huge, it's like um, like Hearst Castle kind of vibe. Yes. Like just this old man who's alone, but obviously he had a lot of money to just kind of buy all of these knickknacks and but it looks also a little bit like a museum because there are white sheets over a lot of his things so it's very scary actually it's and and he scary. doesn't talk and, yeah. and even though he doesn't talk he's Dude. worried about things so clearly he has some sort of past we, we got a, a nice little cut to the uh to a to a straight on headshot of the killer just now and with a violin i think one of the things that really makes this film pop the movements of the killer oh yeah for sure you know that's a very underrated thing and this killer moves perfectly he does very nice and slowly but but calculated yeah he knows what he's doing so what we have here is not uh, the type of killer who is who is either, you know, some sort of just uh, straight up lunatic or, uh, you know, whatever. We have, a, we have a killer here who seems to be on a mission and know exactly what he's doing. He's not an imitation, Jason. Definitely not. Okay. This He's not is... playing around either. It's, no, uh, there, there's there's a cold bloodedness going That's on. That's the thing. That's what makes this different. Uh, I He's think hardcore. Others, yeah. This is. <laughs> it's very precise. You know, very, very well thought out, and unlike something like My Bloody Valentine. Um, or Friday the 13th. Yeah, you just get that he's in charge. Like, he's actually in control of the situation right now. This killer is is very much in control. And you, you get the impression that you would not survive a showdown against mm -hmm. this killer. Whereas um, other killers we've seen might be a little bit easier to fight off. But yeah. whoever this killer is, is truly not playing around. There's some anger coming out, but the anger doesn't cloud his ability to be precise. And it is that precision that makes him so charismatic. <gasps> Ooh, okay. One of my favorite scenes that I think is just a nice touch because <laughs> you don't have to, you know, go this kind of deep in a slasher. But here is Pam looking around the, the mansion and she stumbles into a room with... Uh, an old 
picture from the 40s of a, a pretty woman in a white dress holding a bouquet of roses. She says, I thought that was true. Yeah. True. And she's like, this is Francis Chatham. So, what does that mean? Okay, so the major is is getting a little bit more character depth. So we we don't know if he is or was married or in love or what, but there there once was a woman in his life and now she is uh in a picture on the mantle. Oh so, no. He our our Tibet Ted said he's going to go check going to go check the light situation cuz it's dark and he'll be right back. Ha. <laughs> oh. Nope. Nope. We We've got an I'll be right back, folks. <laughs> so I'm thinking that he's not going to last too much longer. He probably ain't coming back. Now, how about this use of shadow? Oh, I love it. I, I like this, too. So so you see the, uh, the shadows everywhere because of this beautiful lighting. Uh, the staircase is, is creating sort of uh, optical treats here. Lots of sharp, contrasting colors inside of this mansion. And uh, Poofy Head Pam. Poof finds, poofy Head! <laughs> uh, some sort of locked box here. Again, pictures. a favorite thing of mine. But who are these pictures of, though? That Francis is the question. Francis Chatham, I think. The um, me too. That's that's my guess as well. So because she looks like the girl, well, or this is like maybe a girl of hers. So maybe this is a daughter. But what I love is that they don't have to have this much attention to detail. Like there's an old scrapbook with a pressed rose in it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh my God! Did you see that? Francis Rosemary Chatham. Francis. Rosemary Chatham. All right. So we know that that's probably our Rosemary. Um, I mean, really, this is this is on par with Citizen Kane's Rosebud. Absolutely. Absolutely. And without question. <laughs> and since every rose has its thorn oh no I love it I am now aching to know <gasps> who the killer is so it's really cool how they, they set up this slow pan of the room oh Mark's back okay so he went off alone the killer opened the door but he turned around so by the way, this is one of the things that really got me about this movie. So here we are in 1981. We're still way in the thick of the golden era of, mm -hmm. of our beloved genre here. And yet they are already defying tropes. They're defying tropes. They had an I'll be right back. And he actually came back. Well, but this is a thing with Mark. And I think they're trying to, I think they're playing with us because this is time number two. The first time he w he was going to go into the dormitory, and he he was going to open, he was going to force through the door, and then he decided to turn around. Now yeah. he's in the the house, and he was going to go investigate the door, but he turned around. 
So that's time number two. Hmm. So how many times does Marky Mark have left? And I wonder if they're trying to insinuate something, perhaps doing a little bit of red herring stuff with him, or perhaps mm -hmm. he's the killer. Well, there you go. He uh -oh. might even be the killer, and he might be toying with Poofy Head Pam. <laughs> Poofy Head Pam! <laughs> PHP. Oh, no. So now, all of a sudden, we're back at the dance. Dun, 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 standing in the... Whoa. What the hell? <laughs> what, are with, what are with these lyrics? Okay, so... <laughs> Um, I was about to rock out, and then the band is all like, I can't wait to see her bleed. <laughs> the scope and magnitude of what we just saw is far beyond what we can convey in a podcast. But in four seconds, That's amazing. We, we just got so much of the essence of the genre like, in, in our face. What was that? Right? So, so we had this prolonged 15 minutes. Uh, suspense sequence we've got a lot of story revealed now yeah and then we cut straight back to the party we've got like several people throwing up off of alcohol we've got the band doing a crazy song and everyone's still dancing and boy is it fun to watch them dance okay it's really fun it is really fun so and then remember the most multi-generational thing i was talking about now yes so the chaperones slash authority figures of the dance are are here too and they're uh, from the the sort of older generation uh-oh and now one of the chaperones uh-oh she's on stage she stops the dance and she says um excuse me there's a prowler on campus so we need to stay and dance <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know what? If I was there, I would take her advice. I'd start dancing. <laughs> I love it. She's just like, stay here and dance. And don't go out because there's a prowler on the loose. I love it. You, you know what I love? Okay, so you know how 2-Bit Ted is here? Yes. Right? And you know how he's dancing? Uh-oh. Hey. 2-Bit no. Ted <laughs> dancing? Nope. What do you think? Nope. What is this, Inception? <laughs> okay. Nice. So here we are. We've got uh, our Rick Moranis type of dude. Oh my goodness. Oh, he's a nerd and I love it. Yeah. Okay, he's got the patches on his elbows too. Yep. On a sport on a sport coat. I which uh, love is it. actually a, a huge faux pas. So I love it. They put him in that obviously to, to sort of tell us that he is the quote unquote nerd. Yeah. But he's really fun. He grabs his girlfriend and they start to boogie. Okay, so now we're at the dorms again. And one of the friends is just swimming in the pool by herself. Which does not seem smart. So, I'd like to point out yet another wonderful thing about this film. The pacing yeah. is such that they continue to cut back and forth between suspense and party mm -hmm. in, in, in a flawless way. 
Oh, I would say pacing is on point. It's so good. It is uh it is the best pacing that yeah. I've seen so far on the show of movies that we've covered. I think so too. Actually, it's it's perfectly split into thirds. Like this is what you call suspense. You know, this this is what you call uh how how to hook an audience. Yep. Oh no. Now we're with the girl in the pool. See, and here we go. The music starts to get really creepy, letting us know that she's not alone. And oh god, I'm so scared right now. Here he is. Here he is. Here he uh -oh. is. Oh. Wait, what's our kill count? Oh. Uh. One, two, three, four. Four? I got four. Yeah. I got four. four. Okay. So, obviously, number five is uh, is about to come pretty quick here. Yeah, I think he's also in the pool, maybe? Some great POV shots, by the way. Like, Wait. reason number 85 to love this movie. The POV is here. He can't also be on the pool. All of his doubloons, or whatever they're called. <laughs> Fatigues would be what? Uh, yes, the doubloons. <laughs> Wait a second! Uh oh, God. His, yep. His doubloons. <laughs> his fatigues. <laughs> no, his fatigues. Yes. But now, how does he? How does he get dry? Does he have Our... extra fatigues? So he was in the pool. Ooh. And gross. he. Oh, oh look at that! God. Oh, <gasps> look at that so once okay. again the tom savini difference we've got some very serious makeup art happening here um he he slit her throat and then <laughs> that sounds kind of so... a, you know well it's another tuesday and <laughs> now the, the <laughs> colors and the lighting are are really um really making this pop Oh, it's actually, like, after that happens, the light with the blue, the water, the girl, the the red, it's really effective. Um, so definitely, I need to know how Savini does that. How do you make something look so real like that? It's amazing. He's really good. He's so good. But that was scary because now, like... Not only do we have this military man, but now he's probably like a hundred pounds heavier because of the pool. Right. The, wa the water soaking into the fatigues. <laughs> <laughs> AKA the doubloons. <laughs> I forgot for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh-oh, we've got a chaperone. Okay chaperone she's not following her own advice she said stay inside and dance so now she's outside looking for more students uh not a good idea but you you kind of like this couple i love this couple they're the nerdy couple yeah, but they're fun clearly your favorite couple of the film clearly they're super fun they're dancing by the way in front of this like amazing six foot fender amp yeah it's really cool 
Okay, so now the cup, our couple, the nerds, where did they go? They found some kind of basement underneath the dance hall? Underneath the Alamo. Exactly. Where? I love it. We gotta cover Peewee at some point, though. Little uh, Peewee's Big Adventure reference. <laughs> favorite, favorite. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun with that movie. So, so now they are in the basement, but we don't know exactly what they're in the basement of. They're in but, a basement. They're yeah. probably under the dance, would you say? Yeah, I think they are, but all of a sudden it's stone. Are they under the pool? Because it keeps flashing back to where the chaperone is. Uh, uh oh, she sees the blood in the pool. So she's oh, you know what that means. She's gonna be next. She's gonna be next. Yep. yep. Here, here comes the chaperone. She's checking things out. She's at the pool. She sees blood in the pool. That means that she knows that there's a killer on the loose. And what happens to people who find out there's a killer on the loose? I um. I don't well, think. Oh, there we go. Boom. It looks like this happens to them. Uh, okay, so she's by the fence of the pool. Oh, jeez! Oh, good God! The Look at this! Holy. It's completely out of control! It's out of control. So Look at this! I don't- I Go ahead! Please tell us what just happened, because I can't talk. The- our military man picks her up, basically, and stabs a sword through her neck. <sighs> And why was this so amazing? Because it you tell us. So... Because I can't. I still okay. can't talk. I'm. I'm First here of all, class, okay? here's the thing. It looks so real. It's amazing uh, makeup art and the colors and your it, the way that the kills are done that they're not censored is insane to me. I think this is probably what the one of like every slasher out there that you see see so much of of a, an artist's work. I, I don't really understand how this happened. We're going to do some more research on this. Um, but you know what the craziest thing about this is? What? They actually are all censored. Can, I you, mean, can you imagine? Can you can you imagine what was left on this cutting room floor? I can't. I can't. I don't know. If it, be, do it. It, it, it's it's like a step up from all of the other movies in every possible way in that regard. Oh my God. Hey Sue, I forgot to tell you, I had a dream that Michael Myers came into the garage last night. Oh God, what did he do? Have a white claw watermelon? <laughs> no, but I was so convinced that like I needed to like, to take him down. <laughs> what? And, and so <laughs> I was, I was looking for, <laughs> I was looking for a gun. But when I woke up, I was like confused. I thought I was still in the dream. So I was like, I was like, Will, wake up. I need my gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I was like, he came into the garage. I gotta take him down. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful thing. That is so a wonderful thing. He, he freaked out. He had no idea what I meant. <laughs> like that's not something you want to hear. <laughs> At like two in the morning, where's my gun? Oh, I needed that. <laughs> I needed that. That was just wonderful. 
Um, oh. <laughs> as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and pause. Pause. Okay, pause. pause. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I'm pausing. This is 707. Okay. I can't. Right, this Sorry. is all I'm going to think about. Now. This is all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so real. It was so oh real, though. <laughs> no, I almost just started describing the history of your dreams. I, I know, right? That would have been the episode. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's Baby crazy. Freddy on an island. Oh, I know. Oh. Betty. What the heck happened? Betty. You were oh laughing so hard you turned your phone off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I do that. I know that's exactly what happened. I bet it is. That's exactly what happened. That's um, so funny. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm fighting mesmerization. Are you too? It's so good. It's just so good. Yeah, like this is completely incredible. <clears throat> okay, focus. Be serious. Um, <laughs> 5707. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll just pick it up right back where we left off. Okay, cool. Three, two, one, play. Okay, is this the the owner of the small town shop? Yes, it is. This is our one southerner. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and, but we forgot to say, there's someone, he's an older man, but... Um, mm -hmm. he needs like taking care of and so the the store owner takes care of that guy and he he tends to scare some of the kids even though he's super nice he just like needs a caretaker so there's that character too if i had one complaint about the movie which i'm not gonna do because it's so good but if i did it would be that i would have liked to see them develop the older generation's characters a little bit more oh i see what you mean you know because like they're all there and they're all doing stuff and they're clearly making references to things but what yes. i what i what i'm sort of loving here is the sheer duality of how they're in their own world i love it right and then the younger people are in their own world okay another favorite thing of mine <laughs> also uh, across some of our favorite Canadian slashers. Now we're yeah. in a cemetery. So, oh, that's right. You love the cemetery scenes. I love them. There's, first of all, it's just spooky anyway, but it's at night, but it's also really pretty. And it's, um, it's usually like a, a quiet scene as a break for this movie. It's a break from the dance, but now we have poofy hair, Pam, with the deputy Marky Mark, <laughs> two-bit two Ted, and they're oh 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 okay this is why they're searching for the grave of Francis Rosemary Chatham. Hey, this is excellent. So you know I'm kind of a sucker for this. Now now they're diving straight into the lore here. Mm -hmm. This movie mm -hmm. has its own self-contained lore uh generally a group of people will get together and realize that there's some sort of crisis happening usually they're the only ones in town who know what's going on and they do some research in this case they found pictures 
Mm. You know, and here they are at the cemetery because they're going to figure out what's happening here. And it's them against the world, too. Okay. Hoofy Head Pam and Deputy Doo-Doo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> American heroes. A.K.A. Two-Bit Ted, A.K.A. Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. But his name is Mark. So <laughs> it, like, really is. Um, okay. Yeah, so his name's actually Mark. <laughs> he found the grave, and it's been opened. It's been dug up. But by whom? We don't know. And for what purpose? What is going on here? We just know Rosemary from the beginning. Somebody is really pissed off that the dance came back. Uh, oh, but the grave, the the gravestone, it has um, an engraved rose in it. Ah, which I actually just noticed right now. Whoa. Oh, my right, God. So what is he doing? So he's opening the coffin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ew. Very suspenseful moment. What are we going to see? Oh, my God. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> I know. it's uh, It's got me. The movie's got me in the best uh -oh. of ways. Little product placement, too. This is a Jeep Wrangler. So it's flashing back to Pam. She stayed in the car. Well, the deputy goes to look, but POV of somebody who's approaching hey, Pam. Look at this. Somebody's right outside. Oh of my god. The car. And she she can either what sense someone or maybe see some Oh Okay. <laughs> so it's the guy. It's the guy, the older guy from the shop who like the shop owner takes care of him and he does like other errands or something, but he's just randomly in the window. Oh my god. Okay, now he's all of a sudden disappeared. Okay. That was crazy. That was, like, what? So who is that guy? So, alright. That guy is uh, giving me some very serious red herring vibes. For sure. So I'm not willing to commit to the idea that he's the killer because, uh, Everything we've seen so far in our journey tells our me journey. that he is the red herring. So I'm okay. going to go on a limb here and say that. Same. Also. Now Pam look is... At, look at 2-Bit Ted's hair, though. I know. It's just, it's a mop. God, we got to appreciate that hair, dude. It's a mop that's been straightened with, like, a, an iron. Yes. And <laughs> glued to his head <laughs> oh my god he takes pam to the grave <gasps> it's her it's lisa Who's that? it's a friend from the pool hey who's she has been put in rosemary's coffin oh my god so what is happening okay so they see this is what's what is that what does that say in memory of rosemary yes. He sees the rose, but what is he putting together right now? Why does he... Does he know what happened? Like, look, he's touching the headstone. I am completely in awe of these developments. First of all, the older guy who just appeared in the window. Yes. Um, do we have a name for him, by the way? 
Otto. Otto. Okay. So I ask you this. This is an extremely important question. If that guy was in your window, would you consider it an innuendo? No. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh my god, look! Okay, okay. Okay, so we've got... <laughs> okay, so the deputy goes back to the... Um, what is it called? Like, the police headquarters or whatever? Um, the sheriff's quarters? And he calls to wherever the sheriff is supposed to be. He's gone fishing. And the guy that he calls... <laughs> the guy that he calls for the cabins is another guy from Alabama. Right. <laughs> but With he, a... Yeah, Boston. A Boston hat? Like, are you kidding me? Why would a guy from Alabama be wearing a Boston hat? And also... Hey, Sue! Betty? Betty! What the heck what? happened? I... I don't know. I'm too excited and... You're too excited. I, something keeps happening. <laughs> okay. Um, where are you? Where are you? I just let it play. Oh, well... Oh, sneaky. Where are you? I'm at, I'm at 105. 105.10. 105.10? Okay, hold on. No, 105.12. What about... Well, stop it! <laughs> I this love... Is, the... You have to understand, this is like, um... To me, this is like Humphrey Bogart and like uh, oh my god. Betty Davis. Like, this is very serious still. Oh my god. The guy, though, the guy this, with his Boston hat, and he's like, most everyone's asleep now. I can't just go wake them and you're interrupting my cards yeah. and I want them beer. You go ahead and you stick them to the small town. <laughs> the combination of his accent and his physical presence and yep. a Boston cap. A Boston, like, which one of these things doesn't belong? <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Put, um, like, put that guy in a, uh, you know, Alabama University football cap or something. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's just, like, shocking. It's very jarring. Old Miss or West Texas Yale. Old Miss. Old Miss it. Clemson. <laughs> Gosh. Um... Down old Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then one time, um, I tried to take a sip of my beverage, but I missed it, so no. I missed a sip. Nope. <laughs> Veto. <laughs> Wait. All right. Where are you? I'm okay. I'm at one o five ten. Okay. Three. No. Twelve. Twelve. Three. Two. One. Mr. Sip. Ooh. There's nobody at the cabin. Oh, wait. He didn't even go look. What an ass. That's so rude. Hello, this is your job, old Alabama. Alabama? <laughs> well, what is he doing? Come on. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. He like... Hey, can you, can you make out that poster? In the in the right there, um, amongst the lime green wall, and the American flag. Yeah, what what poster is that? Is that like uh, Leonard Skinner or something? I don't know. It, it's not uh, visible, but we we've got uh, some Rolling Rock here. We like to point out 
product placement here, especially different brands of beer. We've got several cans of Rolling Rock. Oh my God, amazing. Known everywhere as the ultimate bargain beer. He is so rude. Oh, I ain't seen him, but a bunch of the guys were going not fishing for a crappie. Now, what do you think he's chewing? It's definitely not gum. It's either sunflower it's seeds or tobacco. I think it's tobacco. It's probably and tobacco. He, like, he's taking a message <laughs> on like a paper bag. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But, but he hasn't seen him. Is that a half-eaten hot dog? I think it is. Oh my god. Not fishing for creppy. So now the police are getting involved. The Steve By the way, may I point out, for all that 2-Bit Ted has been through, mm -hmm. not one hair is out of place. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Not one hair is out of place. That thing gets the Mr. Potato Head mm -hmm. honor. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, that is that is the epitome of what we mean here. We, we like to label various uh, clothing and, and otherwise visual nuances. So, of course, we've got the classic paper airplane color and we have the Mr. Potato Head do. Perfect. Yeah, it just, it moves with him. It's like... You, you just want to grab it and pull it out, and it will have one of those things that inserts it into his head hole. Yeah, his head hole? <laughs> well, that's why he gets the honor around here. Hey, did you see? Um, the There's a guy who's in the little, like, holding cell or whatever for getting drunk at the dance. Yeah. His name is Paul. Oh, His name Paul. is Paul. Oh, Paul. Which yeah. is one of my Excellent. favorite little ditties from Halloween. Excellent. Thank you. So we've got throwbacks to Friday the 13th and Halloween so far. Yeah. Now, the Jeep is being very uh, prominently featured. Yeah. We've got Jeeps. We've got Rolling Rock Beer. Oh my god. <gasps> this movie is uh really doing its thing. And and hey, check it out. Look at look at the wind blowing right here. Look at these wind effects. Oh, I love it. Because you know what? It's cold, so she had to put on the sheriff's jacket, which means um our poofy head Pam gets a mm -hmm. collar. Hey. What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Because what obviously you know? this is the night of the dance. Yep. So they they couldn't actually have her in a in a collar otherwise. She's wearing a dress, of course, and now she has the deputy's jacket on, which has a collar. Thus she's in there. She's wearing a collar as she should. I think she's our final girl. I think so too. I think so too. Especially I mean just the fact that she's still here. And she yeah. is so prominently featured and so involved in the story. Oh, and by the way, she's really, she's smart. She's putting together all the clues. She went to investigate Major Chatham's house. Um, you know, I was going to say, right? she's, she's taking the, the ropes here. She's, oh, yeah. she's definitely um, 
You know how sometimes we like to say that the final girl gets activated? Yes. She's She's been activated, and she's kind of saying, okay, fight or flight, there's some shit going down, and she's going to face it head on. Oh, heck you know? yeah. She's being an idea person. She's like saying, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go, you know, let's be smart about this. Yep. And so this is great stuff. Together. I love it. Goofy Head Pam, oddly enough, is going to show up in my top 10. Oh, same. Lil Pammy? Yeah. Lil Poofy we, Pam? We, yeah, yeah, Lil Poofy. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Poofy Pam. Uh, when we do top 10 final girl, that's going to be such a good thing. I know. Well, which our next actually, episode is top 10s. Yeah, which is, is we've uh, pretty much drawn the conclusion it's going to have to be its own episode. Yeah, we have too many. We we have so much to talk about. We really do. It's, so much. It's a lot to talk about. In fact, it, it might yeah. be the longest episode yet. <gasps> oh, oh. All right. So here What's we happened? go. Number Deputy Doo Doo. This is number three. This is the third time they're back at Chatham's house. And he said, I'm going to go upstairs alone. Can he survive it a third time? Is he going to go through the door this time or is he going to turn around? Ooh, see our little Marky Mark with his shotgun and flashlight. The movie is so effective in the way that it always tells us when the killer is around without actually dwelling on the killer, so we never see too much of the killer. That's about two seconds. It's so important. I agree. You know, dwelling on the killer and um, demystifying the killer specifically, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a huge no-no. We didn't do that in 1981. I, the only time back I allow day. it. Yeah, back in your day. <laughs> in my day, I will allow it for one. Do you know who that one is? Oh, I, gosh, I can't imagine. Um <laughs> Perhaps one Fred. Kruger? It is. A, it's a Fred Krueger. Yes. It's the only one that can do it. And there are important reasons why you're giving him that pass. Absolutely. Important, very important reasons. He's funny. And when, when we get to that <laughs> episode, holy cow! I know. Uh, we we are going to be on fire because you want to talk about some nostalgia. It's oh, it's gonna be in full force. Oh goodness! I know I'm a little like scared. <laughs> I love it so much. I know, I know that is your favorite movie. Okay, the lights um, just turned out. They're in okay. the mansion. They're back in the mansion where they discovered all of the clues. Major Chatham's house. Uh, I feel like we're about to enter the sequence. We're so close to the sequence because look at her. She's alone. Her All of her friends are gone. She's put all the clues together. She knows about Rosemary. She's with the deputy. Uh-oh. Did you hear that? Yep. Okay, so Marky Mark says, the fuse went out. I'm gonna go check it. Yep. Hey. He's gone. He's... Oh, oh my god. Wait. Not today, deputy. So... Oh, he's like already gone. 
Okay, so that's an off-screen kill? Whoa. Is it, is it, though? I think so, but that was really cool timing because we see the pitchfork come down, but it cuts away to Pam, but, but right with this kind of violin shriek, the lights come back on. Wait, did, did he actually kill the deputy? Yeah, I think he did. I told you he wasn't gonna, that was his third time going away okay. from Pam, like saying, I'm gonna go do this. You can't, you can survive once, maybe twice, but not thrice. Not thrice. And how fun is that, that we had a totally off-screen kill in in a movie that is otherwise extremely graphic? Oh, seriously. Like, they, they mix it up, right? They mix it up because this, this uh, you know, these movies are not about gratuitous violence. They're about pacing, suspense, mm -hmm. uh, iconography, tropes, setting, um... Gosh, 1980s America. I mean, what what don't you have here? Okay. Look at her. Okay, Pam. Ooh! Okay, Pam knelt down into the chimney and oh, saw. Okay. <gasps> oh, wow. A skeleton. Um. Just came me? out of the chimney, though. A skeleton came out of the chimney, and then she so, opened. She ran away, opened the door, and the killer was there. And he said. I'm here for our date, Rose. All right, we're in the sequence. In the sequence. Boom, she's the running. final girl running away. So far, she's successfully getting away from the killer. They're playing a game of cat and mouse. He's so creepy. This is what we call the sequence. Everything has changed. The energy of the movie has changed. It's pure survival, and it's a one-on-one -on -one fight now between... The killer and the final girl. Oh heck yeah, and she's so who cool. we call Poofy Head Pam. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not ashamed of that. Oh no, not we, at all. We we love it actually. Seriously. <laughs> and it's it's a great house because they're back at the major's house, the you know, semi hearse castle like everything's covered. It's a it's like a museum to to yes. Rosemary. And she's she doesn't know where she's going. You know, she's the just trying all these. First yeah, <laughs> it is though. I mean, kind of. It actually is. In, in like, a classy way. <laughs> it's the Hearst Classel. Yes, it's the Hearst Classel. Oh my god. Okay, so Pam is hiding in one of the rooms with all the furniture. It's been covered with a bunch of sheets. And the killer appears at the door. Do you oh think god. everyone will get that reference? Uh, or is that really a California thing? The, Hearst with Castle? The, all that? Um, I think people know it. If not, okay. it's like... Would you guy... put it in the show notes? Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Um... Just a guy who amassed... Yeah, people know because of his daughter, I think people know. Mm. Um, and Citizen Kane. Oh my god, look, look. Okay, Pam hides underneath a, a bed or like a table. She's on the ground. And the killer has a, a pitchfork and he's smashing everything. And he's like turning everything over. Oh, it is a bed. It's a bed frame. 
and he's just going to town and she's she can see him so she can see his boots are right next to her head oh my god oh my god and she, he's just shattering everything and trying to cause as much damage as possible and she's just on this carpet on the floor okay excuse me boom what does this remind us of it's a rat a rat goes right past her face and she can't say or do anything because the killer is right there and i'm gonna tell you this entire scene with our blonde poofy haired final girl in her blue with a pitchfork killer lying on the floor with a rat you kidding me this is the final sequence of friday the 13th part two so miraculously <laughs> we have entered a a time warp here yeah and are now re-experiencing the final sequence of friday the 13th part two we are legitimately doing this right now yeah uh, they to, to to say borrowed heavily is an understatement but they did it perfectly but did this come first well, that is the huge question here. Because I honestly were, think... Yeah. I mean, what are we... We're talking Savini, who's like the Friday guy. We're talking a proto... Like, a proto pitchfork is really what it comes down to. Uh, <laughs> a PP. Yes. So, I mean, they were both filmed in 1980. I, I'm thinking that they Look were that. all kind of collaborating. No way, though. Look at- she picks up the pitchfork. Oh, she's- she's so cool. She, like, slams the pitchfork into the door, and she grabs the end of it and faces the killer. And she's like, I'm gonna just- Ooh. So, we're- we're continuing. Every single thing about this resembles Friday the 13th Part 2. So the the good dude just came into the room, right? He killed the killer, or so it seems. And it's like the oh, music, music changed. Da, da, da. All, all of a sudden, baby birds are being born. It's springtime. There's waterfalls. <gasps> oh, but now what do you know? The killer is still alive. The killer had a, uh, oh my god, a shotgun. Shot the good guy. He's back. Oh my god. Ugh, even with the pitchfork in his back she stabbed him but now they're wrestling on the floor she's got the gun he's got the gun but she's got the gun oh my god oh my god oh my god the mask okay see she's like she's putting look at that fight. pitchfork in his back there's a pitchfork in his back she put it there by the way thank you very incredible. much incredible um, hey look at this they're wrestling for control of the sawed off shotgun oh look, uh, look. we have an unmasking we have an unmasking. Who's the killer? <laughs> hey. It is the sheriff from the, the sheriff. beginning. From the beginning of the movie. Who was supposed to be not fishing for creppy. Wait a second. <gasps> look at this. Oh my god, she's got the gun. Oh, look at oh. this. Oh! <laughs> oh! She pulled the trigger and his... Final girl. 
just shot the sheriff. Okay, she did not shoot the deputy. Well, she, she did, did in fact shoot the sheriff. She did <laughs> in fact shoot the sheriff, but she's with. Wait, who is she with? What the hell? De deputy. How is, the, how is deputy back? I thought he got killed. The pitchfork nope. was right on top of him. Okay, so remember how skeptical I was? Yeah. I was like, did he really kill him? Wait a second. Cause they it, have a bond. Because <gasps> it's deputy and sheriff. Yeah, they have a bond. He wasn't going to kill him. He knocked him out and didn't kill oh, him. Oh, and that's why that it... So deep. It, like, flashed away to her and the lights turned back on. Yeah, they okay, cut but... away so quick because they were trying to make us think that it was a, an off-screen kill. But... He, he couldn't kill his, his deputy because they were too close. But she did shoot the sheriff. Oh, she did shoot the sheriff. And his head blew up. <laughs> Classic Tom Savini head explosion, too. Like That was actually really good. Like, I don't know how they did that. I don't know what on earth, but that was crazy. And now we're in the post-sequence, which is incredibly melodramatic as always. Oh, one of okay. my favorite parts because now the the nice music comes back. Okay, she survived. La 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 la. Like yes. she's look at, wait, look at the butterflies in the background on the pictures. Butterflies. butterflies. Okay, she's back in her bedroom <laughs> and it's that perfect like the 1950s green color everywhere and it looks really bright but uh-oh. The shower is still running. <gasps> she doesn't Very know. soothing, calming music, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Everything's okay again. But we she's, survived the ordeal. She's like, what's in the shower? Why is it still running? Well, Slow it's two mo. dead bodies. Oh, well. <laughs> oh my god, such a slow, like, walk to the shower. Oh, Jesus! <gasps> oh my god. Look at this. This guy's still alive. How is he still alive? That doesn't make any sense at all. What's happening? The guy is with his a, eyeballs. A dream or hallucination? I don't do you know. Think? It's all hazy. How could he have survived? That doesn't make any sense. Is it a dream? Was it? Was that a hallucination? Oh my god. What's going on? They're messing with us again. Look, because now it's all steamy. Look, look at the. Are you kidding steam. me? And credits. Oh my god, really? Okay, cut to the ending credits. They're doing this to us again. Okay, they're playing with our sense of time and space and reality. Yep. And and they're they're just kind of uh, throwing us for a loop here. And then the it <laughs> yes, special makeup and effects. Tom Savini. He Tom gets his Savini. like super special like shout out um alone in the credits and then the music yeah. la 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 <laughs> This this music is so utterly peaceful. Vicky oh they Vicky Dawson was Pamela. Okay, that was really, really cool. That was absolute just one of the one of the best ones and i not only did i completely forget about it i totally forgot how good it 
was. I mean, what the heck? This movie is so utterly good. And it's perfect pacing. It clocks in at like just under an hour and a half. You know, it has that, the, the prologue, the setup, the uh, kind of midway point where things are yeah. starting to happen, but there's still a lot of good times. And then the whole ending sequence. Boom, boom, boom. And now we're in the black background with the red uh, credits. I mean... That's, that's become a tradition. The thing is, that was a really good movie. <laughs> it, it's, it's so good that it's difficult to discuss, which does not often happen. Uh, it is... It is incredible. It is very much worth pointing out, and I think prudent to do so, that this movie just ended us on a on a total cliffhanger of what the hell is really going on. Um, we're gonna have to watch it several more times to fully understand it. That's another so good sign. Good. You know, that's a very very good sign here. So good. We have the ambiguous. Uh, possible dream sequence you know what's going on here type of thing at the end okay and but i loved this whole thing <laughs> i love everything about it like everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh also <laughs> i have to say i really do think oh we have to we have to know what came first friday the 13th part two or the prowler you, you know, swear. Swear. it's going to be lost in time forever because you know what we've been encountering a lot is different sources telling us different years for these I know. movies. It's so frustrating. And it's always either 80 or 81. That's the discrepancy. I know. Like no one says 82, but every source either says 80 or 81 for all the same movies. Okay, here's the thing though. If they were shot like at the same time, I think they were. That's uncanny. The the similarity, I mean, it's not even a similarity. It's the exact same scene. The killer comes in with a pitchfork. The girl, the blonde girl in blue is under the bed hiding and a rat runs across like near her face and then she takes the pitchfork and faces the killer, saves, well, it is saved for a minute there by like the good guy that we kind of forgot about. And then he the killer turns out not to be really dead come on do you think that sean cunningham and joseph zito were friends or acquaintances something did Absolutely. they share i mean did tom savini spill the beans <laughs> oh my god savini's what's beans what's <laughs> happening here did savini's beans hashtag savini's beans <laughs> oh man so Beans. <laughs> or did one did one copy the other? Because look, there's 12 months in a year, and oh it, if if one of these came out in early '81 and the other came out in late '81, we know it takes four days to film one of these. <laughs> four so, days. I mean, I you know. Yeah, it takes four I, days. Four days and four dollars. <laughs> oh my god! But that's come on. It's crazy how similar they are. I love it, though, because, honestly, uh, Ginny is top 10 favorite final girl. So it's fine by me. It's just interesting that Pamela 
which is awesome. Uh, right. Also, she she snuck up into the final ten too because the Prowler follows the formula so well in a similar way. I think the Pamela thing kind of makes me believe that Friday the 13th 2 did come first. Yeah, you think? Well, But they could have done that from the first one. Yeah, but I feel like they just loved the first two movies so much that they combined their essences (laughs) and and just exploded all over us i think i think savini spilled the beans hey hey, there you go you see look we we have a a very serious chicken and egg situation here yeah we do with friday the 13th 2 and the prowler Mm -hmm. look the bottom line the last 15 minutes of both movies are essentially the same they're like basically the same and they're the same in a way that is over the top we're talking about like 50 different things right being the same every possible thing about the way it played out is the same the entire ending sequence uh move for move frame for frame scene for scene (laughs) dollar for dollar and scent for scent. But what's so funny is, like, if you put them head to head, the Prowler, I'm not going to say anything about FDT2 because it's one of my absolute favorites. Everything mm-hmm. about it. However, as a film, as cinema, <laughs> I would say the Prowler is way up there because they have Tom Savini. I think that made all the difference in the world. I mean, by golly, this movie is so good. But the 40s, starting in black and white, moving to color, having that whole, like, Pam discovering Rosemary's photographs, it it was, it's genius. It really was. And that brings me to something that I'd really like to point out about this movie, which is the classic uh, ghost story, if you will. (gasps) Yes. There's a classic ghost story being told here, and a couple different generations in town are aware of the ghost. Right. There's there's something that happened in the past. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's kids know about it. Yep. And um, it's sort of like passed down uh, from person to person, and the story is told in the hallways. And you, you can't have the dance because of this crazy stuff that happened back in the day. I love that lore you know, and like whoever the hell Rosemary was, you know, thank you, Rosemary, because you were the catalyst for this amazing film. This is what I think happened. Rosemary Chatham is either, was either the wife or the daughter of Major Chatham. And she's the one who wrote the Dear John letter at the beginning I think mm-hmm. the sheriff was the one to receive the Dear John letter, and it made him go insane. You're absolutely right. So my theory is the sheriff received the Dear John letter. Mm-hmm. Major Chatham was the person that she moved on to. Right. She moved on to Major Chatham. <laughs> Okay, so... (laughs) I mean, you see what I mean? Because, uh, like, I... The the father-daughter 
acting, I I believe that the the age range doesn't quite line up. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure because of all the pictures. Some are like a kid and some are older, but I, what I love is that, okay, so you're saying Major Chatham with the rose in the mansion. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, so just to clue you in here. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We're having so much fun with this movie, by the way. It's um, so much fun. I feel that Major Chatham, Major Chatham married Rose. Rose Mary? Yes. However you want to think about it. They got hitched, okay? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> that caused her to write the Dear John letter. Right. To the sheriff, uh -huh. who knows Major Chatham. <laughs> right. So they have some sort of thing going on, too. Yeah, I, I don't know what that thing was. And by the way, Major Chatham was an off-screen kill. I think so, because he never came back. Or do you think that he spared Major Chatham in the same way that he spared Deputy Doo-Doo? <laughs> I'm not sure, because why wouldn't major see this is my question about the relationship why wouldn't major chatham have died in the whole that whole time exactly i don't know so... okay uh, do you do you want to push the the father theory and all push the um yes husband theory i i really am liking this because it's one or the other and and in yeah. fact this echoes our parallel conundrum of Friday the 13th 2 and the Prowler. So we have so many things going on here. Oh, that's right. So Friday the 13th 2, the Prowler, the endings are are very similar. Now, is Major Chatham Rosemary's father or Rosemary's husband? I I'm oh, leaning the I reason I'm it. leaning toward husband is because uh first of all just kind of the age the range age. Yeah, that and makes stuff sense. and then also he he seems to major chatham seems to to have the kind of infatuation with her that is oh, typical right. of a lover yes but what like you said though like, like yeah there are ambiguities here, and there are actually a lot of examples that might disprove this. Because I mean, why was he looking at the girls in the window? I think he, why would he even try to warn Pam? And why would he know that there was somebody? And why does he have her her baby pictures and stuff? You know, unless he just admires her and loves her that much, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, to be completely honest with you. And in fact, I'm only taking that position because I think it's great to kind of advance both theories here. It makes I, the movie that much better. I do too. And I wonder, were they in cahoots maybe? Because, or something, because did you notice like the fresh roses inside Major Chatham's house? Like, what were those even doing hmm. there? Did he get uh, them? Oh, okay. Okay, so let's introduce another theory here. Okay. 
Are Major Chatham and the Sheriff doing this together? Ooh, because... It, 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 is, is the Sheriff the, the action wing of this, and, and Major Chatham is, is the mental wing? It, does he send out the Sheriff to do the dirty work? Ooh. So then, well... So then who is the Major? I don't know. That might be a little far-fetched. That might be a little far-fetched, but I, I want to kind of... I want to consider all theories here because this movie, this movie is is purposefully playing with us and it's definitely succeeding. It's so much fun. It has already <laughs> succeeded in providing the ultimate why did this happen? Yes. This is the ultimate of the why. You know, we, we know the who, okay? Mm -hmm. We know the how. <laughs> we know the what. We know all that stuff. But... What we don't know is the why. I, oh, I'm really, I want to watch it again. We're going to have to watch it again. This well, is crazy. But this time, through the lens of Major Chatham, I want to look at the clues in the house. I think there's more in the house going on that we're not picking up on. Something about that, like, box of all the photos and then the fresh rose in the Wait a second. The chimney. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. What uh, are you thinking about the chimney? Okay, okay, hold on. Did the did the kill did the sheriff go to the grave, get Rosemary, and put her in Major Chatham's chimney? <laughs> oh God, I needed that. Oh God. No, but I'm not joking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it. Right? Oh, yeah, just stuff her in the chimney. No, but she... Um, okay, okay, so here's the thing. Why would the sheriff go to Major Chatham's chimney? <laughs> oh, how much fun can one movie be, folks? And why would the... Why would the rose even be there in the first place? Well... Here, here's the thing. Um, oh my god! Do you do you think that Major Chatham is faking his wheelchair? No, I don't know if there's any like evidence for that. I just, oh. except for the fact that he did get down there pretty quickly. I'm going to tell you that I believe that Major Chatham survived this movie. I I have a very strong feeling that he did not get killed, uh, and I think that something. There's a reason for that. I think so, too. Why was he trying to grab on to Pam so hard? Was he trying mm -hmm. to warn her, or was he trying to stall her? Mm-hmm. But I think it goes back to the chimney. It does go back to the chimney. <laughs> so maybe we need to, to sort of clean out the chimney here. Maybe we need to call Dick Van Dyke. I think so, too. Chimney sweep. Chim chim true. <laughs> so basically, but why was she? Okay, okay. <laughs> How would the sheriff know that Pam would find Rosemary in the chimney? Why would he know? Why would he assume that? I just, I want to know who put her in the chimney. It had to that have been the sheriff. That is extremely important to me because it's like. Either Major Chatham is 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 hiding her skeleton in there. No, 
or what? Does he have a fixation? Is, is it like some sick thing? He's He misses her? He's See, got her in the chimney? What's got, going on? He's got her in the chimney. No. I think it was the sheriff because remember they went to the grave and her friend from the pool was in the coffin instead. So right. that whole thing happened that night. But then why would she be in the chimney as just like, oh, obviously Pam's going to go find her because she's, did he know that she was already on the hunt? Like she was putting together all the pictures. She had the whole story figured out with the rose and everything. And that she would just be like, wonder what's up the chimney. Okay. Okay. So if that is in fact what's going on, then the major Chatham and the sheriff have an understanding of some sort. You see what I'm saying? Something's going on there that I need to see a game. I mean, look, if if the sheriff is freely going in and out right? of Major Chatham's house the entire movie. Unless. Not killing him or anything. Unless he was an off-screen kill that night. He could have been. But been. then we're back to, well, okay, he had 35 years right to kill that guy 35 years like and i you know what though why would he have killed rose and not the person she got with the sheer amount of questions that this movie provokes (laughs) this is this is completely off the charts all right, we're 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 forming a private detective agency for the <laughs> yeah. sheer purposes of solving the mysteries of the prowler. It's true. I I don't know what the hell is going on, and like we've paid attention, we paid close attention. Yeah. And still, you know, we're we're in the dark here. We know that the sheriff was the recipient of the Dear John letter. Yeah. I believe I, that I think that so much is. Uh, pretty clearly proven totally i think i mean That's i think it would have pretty to be. clear why yeah. because why else would he do all this well and the, the fact that he he holds out the rose when he sees pam and he's like i'm here for our date rose like he's yeah. suffer- he's he's suffering the whole dance thing why would he i mean he, he wouldn't even be the killer if he wasn't the recipient of that letter it doesn't it, it, the whole movie wouldn't make sense if he wasn't so i'm willing to say the sheriff is is that guy right and uh Mm. now here's here's another question i have for you do we have a first name for the sheriff and if so is it john oh my god i have no idea i think that that's going to be very important here now now it's not it's not a deal breaker either way because it's going to be dear john no matter what Right. But that That's, would be so cool, though, if it was. Yeah. If, if his name is, in fact, John. Okay, wait a second. Who who was killed at the very beginning at the dance in 1945? Oh, that couple. Uh, but it wasn't Rosemary. Are you thinking it might have been? Well, I'm not sure now. It, it, it might have been. Yeah, it but no, because well her, partner, her partner was, to- was obviously killed at the same time. So, that leads me to believe it was not Rosemary. But was Rosemary at that dance? And was he just going to go, like, kill everybody? Well, wait a second. Then, if that wasn't Rosemary, who who was she? 
She was. I think he was just getting even with all the. Oh people. my God! Was that Major Chatham and Rosemary? No, it couldn't have been. They were totally killed. Unless they weren't. <laughs> oh man. No, it wasn't them. Okay, I mean, because I'm I'm really stretching here, but I'm I'm just trying to cover all of our bases. But, I want to know what else going on. <laughs> but they were killed because it was the dance. Was Rosemary at that dance? Okay, hold on. Who was Wait. the woman we saw at the very, very beginning? Oh my god. Remember there's a couple Ooh. that gets out of yeah, there's a couple that gets out of the, a car and we're like, ooh, that's a pretty car. And they go and and they're like, ooh, that's a big old boat of a cat yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, listen. Oh my god. Okay. And then the couple that emerges and gets into the Cadillac, there's a comment that's made about, oh, well, my dad has more money than his dad. Is that some guy, like, referencing, hey, that's Chatham, and he's got money, but I've got more money? And then, like, they go to the gazebo, and the killer kills him in the gazebo, but but Rosemary was already in the dance? Like, was that the girl in the pink? Hold on. <gasps> So, uh, yeah, I think it's very much worth noting here that Hold the, the, phone. Same, the same killer killed in 1945 and 1980. Okay, hold on. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go back to the beginning of the movie. Who is the couple that gets out of the car first? Before the couple that we go with to the gazebo. Because I and totally also, forgot. Let's remind ourselves that in the 1945 dance... Otto was there. Um, That's right. Chatham was there. Sheriff was there. The guy who owns the general store was there. And that woman who was the chaperone was there. They were all there at that dance. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Because why would that that be a line? You know what I'm saying? That the guy in the Cadillac would, would be like talking about the money that their dads have. Mm-hmm. So... You know what I mean? Maybe that's why I'm thinking. Maybe it was her father, and they were like um, comparing their dad's money. So Chatham would have been right. You know, <laughs> I. I think that we are making progress here because the Prowler has been notoriously mysterious. Hold on. It's it's like the one of these movies that we literally have no idea what's going on. We know the sheriff is the killer. We know Major Chatham is associated with Rosemary, who sent the Dear John letter to the sheriff. So Rosemary and the Sheriff are ex-lovers. Rosemary and Major Chatham are either ex or current lovers or uh, family. And uh, that's all we know. Hmm. All right. I got to go back to the chimney. Well, I think that's always a good place to go. I mean, right? <laughs> it means something, that that comment about the death. Like, we should be paying attention to the names. At the very, very beginning. You know what the biggest flaw of this entire movie is? What? The name. The Prowler? Yeah. Yeah, but they say it at the dance. There's a Prowler on the loose. 
I mean, that's 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 really good, but the genericism of the name compared with the incredible amount of depth that's going on here. Yeah, it's a big old bummer. Wow. Like, can you imagine people just looking at the title and yeah. saying, oh, I'm, I'm not going to watch this, you know? And then you see this, and here we are. Look how long it's sticking with us. And that is absolutely the only thing that could even come close to being called a flaw. Oh, no, I totally agree. This this um, movie is damn good in every possible way. But we we are on a mission here. We're going to have to find out what's going on. I think it's, I swear, this is my new theory, that it's the girl from the very, very beginning that we see seconds before she gets inside the dance. You're saying that's Rosemary? Yeah. Huh. And that the initial couple kill was just like to get everybody at the dance. And is the 1945 killer the sheriff, Major Chatham, or Otto? I think it's the sheriff. I think he's the Dear John. That makes the most sense. That makes the most sense to me. Is Major Chatham the guy who drank the flask and drove the caddy? No, because that guy gets killed. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're right. Yes, I keep forgetting that. Um, okay. Okay. I'm right. Is, is Major Chatham at the dance somewhere? And if we so. go back and watch it again, will we see him? That's do what I'm wondering. That, yeah. Do you think that they give us any sort of cues like that? That's yeah. okay. That's my theory. I think he, I think Major Chatham. I'm going to, like, stick with the maybe it's her dad thing because the guy in the Cadillac is bragging about his dad having more money Mm -hmm. than the other person's dad. I think he's talking about Major Chatham as, like, a rich guy, but his dad, whoever Hmm. his dad is, has more money, and he's driving his daddy. We're going to have to really scrutinize the prologue now. This is I really need fun. because the know. 2020 hindsight in this movie is is off the charts and that brings us to drum roll please a very important trope that just got introduced in this movie. Oh and this trope is going to be a thing now in the slasher. Uh essentially what we have is the sheriff going on a fishing trip, right? Very early. Uh. You know, he he has several scenes and then he's, and he, it's worth mentioning too, that he nails all of his scenes. Oh, he does. He's just this great, charming guy, right? And then he says, oh, all right, I'm out of here. I'm on vacation. I'll see you guys at the end of the movie. You know? Right. Like, we're going to see this so many times. Whenever a character announces their departure at the beginning. They say, I will be gone for a few days. I'm going out of town. Uh, I'm otherwise occupied. That is probably the killer. And this is the first time you see it happening. You know, he's uh, just this this really fun guy, and he goes on a fishing trip, suits yeah. up into his, into his uh, uniform here, and then goes on his killing spree. And, and, and in doing so... He creates and popularizes a new trope. It's oh, it's the vacation trope. Hey, I'm out of here, guys. I've been in the movie for seven minutes, and you're not going to see me until the last uh, five minutes. I'll, I'll see you in the sequence. Uh, I need 
I need to I need to go back to the dresses. Exactly. <laughs> because I need I need to know who dropped down from the chimney. Was it Rosemary in the gazebo? Hey, hey, that's a very good idea. Let's go back to the dresses because that's how we can actually solve it. I really think yeah. did they say did they ever say the names or were we supposed to assume it was Rosemary? They may have said the names. Oh my god. Hold on. So she could have been in hold on. How fun is this? We're obviously, gonna have to watch the entire movie again. Obviously, we need to look at her face of whoever's in the gazebo because they yes. show her face in the photograph like ten more times and we hey. gotta pay attention. <laughs> right? Exactly. Okay. So maybe it was her, but on the other hand, we know for a fact her boyfriend died with her. So then who is Major Chatham? I am mystified at this point. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> for sure. This is this is quite the head scratcher. Because I want to say, like, did we just accidentally com completely miss something obvious? Like, that was just Rosemary at the beginning, and it's supposed to be obvious because we're then showed her picture a thousand times? We may have done that. But that would be amazing. Sense, if we did that, it's because we're paying attention to every aspect of the movie. It's really, 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 really incredible. I love the movie from start to finish. Me too. Just top notch. All right. So what would your rating be? Oh, this is so difficult. God, this is difficult. Um, I'm going to go ahead... And I'm going to say 9.75. Whoa, 9.75. 9.75. It's so good. I, I loved it from start to finish. I actually have no complaints other than the fact that, uh, as I said before, the, the older generation, they're not fleshed out enough as characters. Oh, but, right, 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 right. You know. In the grand scheme of things, who cares? Because the movie was just grand. <laughs> it and was grand. they did everything right from a cinematography perspective. Wow. Oh, uh, my God. Pacing, the suspense, the visuals, the audio stuff. It's just perfect. And the setting is, is great. They develop the lore. They've got the classic ghost story even going on. Yes. They've got the multi-generational thing happening as far as the code the slasher code the formula is followed to mm -hmm. a t um 9.75 i i love this movie with all of my heart so, oh my goodness what do you say <laughs> nine nine hey boom wow i said it wow <laughs> nine nine Boom. Wow, the the power just flickered here when you said that. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. here's the thing. Okay, one. Well, and and the whole the different generations, I do love that. But for me, I have to go with the the final girl. Uh, the the way that it played out, which regardless of the whole ftt2 thing like which came first the fact that Ginny is legitimately top five right and that whole sequence is top five 
that it even relates at all immediately like makes the rating skyrocket. I mm -hmm. love when the sequence is is done to that kind of perfection where it's the final girl. We've got the two, you know, alone, running, hide, you know, the, the cat and mouse, the pitchfork that she slams off into the door when he's holding it and uses it against him. Are you kidding me? That is so cool. It's so courageous. Mm -hmm. uh, their, their fight with the shotgun is crazy tense. The reveal is the perfect time. When he takes off the mask, perfect timing on that. Like, right before she blows his head off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 One of the creepiest masks ever. Ever. Truly, um, yeah. They gave me a cemetery scene. So, uh, vintage photographs, all about it. Uh, that crazy, like, ghost story with, well, who... What are these pictures? Who's Major Chatham? I love the questions. Why is she in the chimney? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Savini. I mean, anything with Savini as well is gonna, like, knock it up a few points, too. But that yeah. was... I mean, those are brutal. Those are crazy. I don't know how he got away with it. But also, I'm so fascinated by the sheer skill that someone has to make something look so real is the haze, the misty, like hallucination. Nine, nine. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So what we have had here tonight is a perfect example of a slasher done right. Yep. There are, there are no flaws to speak of. Really, we could nitpick, but mm -hmm. why yeah. bother? We're talking about yeah. an incredible movie from start to finish. Okay? And the pacing this movie just marched. Yes. Okay? It marched like a platoon. Seriously. With their doubloons. So, <laughs> <laughs> with their doubloons. Yeah, it's so silly. I love it. Grab your canteen. Grab your doubloons. <laughs> grab your weapons. And get ready. The Prowler is here. At ease. <laughs> yes. <laughs>